Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, alrighty then, this is the WCHL Podcast, and I am the Commissioner, Christopher Perry, and on the other end of the line is my very best friend in all the world, the ice maker, ice caretaker extraordinaire at the Blazers Ice Center, the general manager for the University of Oklahoma Hockey Club, and the head pom-pom cheerleader for the University of Oklahoma for OU Hockey, it's Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the peeps. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Andrew, I think this is going to be our second to last podcast for the season. Oh, man, we are winding down quickly here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. The season nationals finished last week, and yeah, we took last week off. Um, we did. We did. So, so yeah, I think. Well, let's let's recap some nationals. Let's talk about what happened, what didn't happen, and some uh, surprising results, some not so surprising results, and then uh, yeah, I think next week maybe we'll do something where we. Just look back on the conference as a whole, and maybe we can do some prognostications as to what oh. needs to happen going forward for people oh. to be successful. Oh, just what people want to hear. I, and, hey, I know you've got some good ones about one team in particular. So. Uh, I, I, I might. I might. You know, I'm, t- I'm telling you, we, we don't do this. Um, we're, we tape this, uh, but we what we really ought to do, Andrew, is just start taping from when you and I pick up the phone and start talking to one another. Cause that's when the best part of the podcast is. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we've been talking for what, 15 minutes now and we just hit record like 30 seconds. Ago, yeah. So. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of juicy stuff there too. So, Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, yeah, but it's, it, it's all right. Put that e next to it, but Hey, we've talked about that, right? <laughs> and, and Hey, I got to apologize, Andrew. I'm, I'm fighting a cold. So, uh, congestion, I don't know what it is coming back from St. Louis, I don't know if I got a gift when I was up there or if it's just uh, the goofy weather that we've been having here and uh, yeah. locally with it being, you mentioned it while we were yep. having our pregame little talk that uh, 80s one day, 20 the next. Yeah, 100 mile an hour winds for four or five days in a row here. Oh, yeah. I mean, geez. It, I, it'll get the best of everybody, right? I'm, I'm telling you. So, uh, yeah, I am I am hopped up on uh, Sudafed and Dayquil right now and uh, and chugging water like a champ. <laughs> the, uh, oh. I'll tell you what, the wind around here in Oklahoma City today was so bad that 3 o'clock this afternoon, I went out to uh, dump the Zamboni and... You know how our rink is set up. I had to go outside, and I I hit that outside door, and I make my left turn. Yeah. The next thing I know, my hat's thirty feet behind me. No way. Air. No. And I'm like, I'm like, God Almighty, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I, had, I had to dump the Zam and pull back in, and I had to go run across the parking lot and track my hat down. And I was just like, God Almighty, like. I'm going inside and I'm not coming back out the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what it's like in the song, right? When the wind comes whipping down the plane. Mm-hmm. Man, alive. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, Andrew, we had nationals. We had oh, nationals. Boy, we it's come and gone. It was up in St. Louis at the Centene Community Ice Center, uh, which is the home. It's the practice ring for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Andrew, have you ever been to this place? You know what? I have not been there yet. The... Uh 
I know several several of my teams have been up there and they rave about it, but I have not been there personally. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful facility. It has four rinks. It has three rinks indoors and it has one rink outdoors. Yeah. And um, I'm telling you what, the, the outdoor rink did it's, not get a lot of good reviews. Really? Yes, because the, uh, I, well, how about this? The rink as a whole, the, the the building was just beautiful and was just gorgeous. The ice, at least on three of the four rinks, was less than stellar. Really? That's heard, surprising. Heard it was soft. Heard it was soft, and especially the outdoors was just very soft. And in fact, a, a young man got injured out there. I think snapped his ankle. Oh. Uh, yeah, during one of the uh, practices, a young man from Stony Brook, it's my understanding. Ooh, that's no good. No bueno at all. But uh, now, w- which rink do you think it, the ice is just perfecto on? <laughs> yeah, which one would that be? <laughs> yeah, that would be the one that the St. Louis Blues practice on. Yeah. Um, and we did, but that's not the one that the ACHA played, uh, or at least men's division one played games on. Men's division two had some games over there, but uh Anyways, a beautiful facility. It's in um, Maryland Heights, uh, Missouri, which is northwest of St. Louis. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think it's northwest, isn't it? Do you remember when we went to St. <laughs> Lindenwood and we were riding in a bus and our bus driver took us on, he took a, a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's all it, from Oklahoma City to St. Louis. For those of you that don't know, it's literally all interstate. It's Interstate 44 all the way. Yep. And the, this rink was on the rink that we were going to was on. I, I think it's I 70. So you could go to I 44 into St. Louis and kind of hang a left at I 70, and you can get to the rink doing highway speed. But this bus driver, this one time, decided to take <laughs> a shortcut. He took an exit off of I 44 and went on some back backcountry roads to get up to i-70 <laughs> and man do you remember that trip i don't i don't remember that one i remember coming back from cleveland somewhere and you and i were on the bus and you caught it somehow because we were all laying down and you caught it somehow and the bus driver had gone like 40 miles past where we were supposed to turn to hit i-44 yeah right? yeah he, he's going to kansas and, city instead yeah, and I I remember that, and you're like, whoa, 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 hang on, and he turns around, and he I, it may have been that same little two lane road, but it was something, and I, I kind of rolled out of my bunk and looked out the front windows, and I was like, oh my god, we're in banjo country, what's going on here? That, that's exactly <laughs> right, Andrew, and and that's that's kind of where this where this place was. If you go to, you you had a chance, um, you could you could cut across. Um, on this, like a two lane country road that goes up and down and all around uh, every hill. And I think that's where they film all the horror movies in all of America. <laughs> yes. Uh, because there were chainsaws hanging from certain houses. <laughs> there were, um, you know, there, uh, Freddie from, uh, uh, not Freddie, um, uh, Jason from Friday the 13th. You can see him. He was swimming out in the lake nearby. I mean, it was, some of these roads out that way are just made for horror movies. Uh-huh. So, but this place is, um, it's in a beautiful facility tucked in uh, right between, uh, if you think of it, it's between the intersection of Interstate 70 and the Missouri River. And it's the Centene Community Ice Center, four, four sheets of ice, and then literally a quarter mile away is the Hollywood Casino and Hotel. 
Yeah, I, I've heard it's a nice little area. It's it, it is a very nice little. Now there's nothing else out there. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, you're. Yeah. You. I mean, there's nothing. It is just desolate. There's not pl- not prairie, but flat land, flat you know, bottom river country type stuff. Yeah, I've and I've I've heard in the uh, springtime they shut that outdoor rink down there at the Centene Center. Uh huh. And they bring they have a stage and they do an outdoor uh, concert series yep. and they bring in they've got a little area for food trucks to pull into and all that they and do yeah it's the only the only knock that I've heard I haven't heard that the ice was soft or anything the knock that I've heard on the outdoor rink is the way it sits they they battle the sun coming in underneath the uh, roof and one of my uh, one of my teams that I that I was a part of. Um, went up there and they actually stopped the game for a little while um, because they couldn't see because the glare on their visors with the sun coming in, they couldn't see, they couldn't see the puck and they couldn't see each other. And so they refused to play for a little bit until the sun moved just enough where they uh, took care of that glare. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah. we, we didn't have to worry about that the whole time we were up there because the sun never came out. <laughs> it was uh, it was cold and it was rainy uh, for a couple of days. And um, otherwise, it was just dreary and overcast. But uh, well, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful facility. It's This Hollywood casino is gigantic. And Andrew, I'm telling you, it's like a red beacon in the middle of nowhere. You can see it from yeah. miles away. And just, <laughs> I mean, just when you think you're coming up, um, you, you know, you're driving and you, you see it on the distance on the horizon. You're like, Oh, Hey, I'm a mile away. And then it's, you hear your little, um, telephone direction thing. Uh, the maps say, Oh, in five miles, turn right. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, Holy, oh. that that's how gigantic this thing is. And that's how out in the middle of nowhere this thing is is that from a couple of miles away, it's this red beacon. Um, huh. And Andrew, I'm telling you what, the, uh, the the casino was humming at all hours of oh, the day. Yeah. Those, those things kill for sure. They kill. Now, it was, uh, it was, it was you know, the Centene Community of the Ice Center is very, very nice. Um, the Hollywood uh, uh, Casino and Hotel, the hotel part of it was very nice. The casino... It was hopping. There were all sorts of. I mean, if you if you're into people watching, <laughs> I would the the hallway between the hotel and the casino because that's where uh, the entryway is. It is gold, man. That would be gold. Exactly right. It Holy is gold. smokes! So, anyways, hey, it was a, it was a good time. There there is. I, I knew they held concerts in that outdoor rink after they melt the ice down for the summer. There they also have a big like St. Louis's big amphitheater is just down the road from there. Yeah. Um, so that's where like gigantic concerts come through, but you know, smaller, smaller acts go to this, uh, this other, the, the outdoor place, but it's, yeah. Hey, they yeah, did it right. Cool. It, it looks nice. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool little place for sure. And, uh, we had, so, um, men's division one got started on March the 10th and at the same time, men's division three got started at the same time and they played on the other two ranks. And then uh, once those uh, once those two divisions got through, that's when men's two and women's one and women's two started up. Women's two also played some games over at Maryville at their uh, hockey center. So, uh, but anyways, we're we're here to talk about men's division one. And on Thursday, those were the play-in games, sixteen, uh, thirteen through twenty, uh, vying for the chance to play number one, two, three, and four, and probably get your probably get your butt beaten. Yep. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. That's the way it's yep. supposed to go. But yep. 
Um, Andrew, we'll just go through it. Uh, Pittsburgh from the uh, the champion of the College Hockey Mid-America, the Pittsburgh League. They beat Navy, the champion of the Philadelphia League. They beat them 5-1 to one with two empty net goals. Yeah. Uh, Maryville beat John Carroll 4 to nothing. Yep. Um, Ohio uh, smoked Niagara 7-3. to three. And then, buster for me. <laughs> and then Arizona uh, lost a uh, heartbreaker to uh, Michigan Dearborn two to one. Yep. In the last we, game of the night. That's the one that on Thursday night we kind of pegged right. That would be a close, close little battle, and yeah, it did not did not disappoint, right? No, no. Now I'll tell you. Um, uh, on on that day one, I, did you watch any of the games? Get a chance to watch any of the games? I didn't get a chance to watch any. I was actually out of town for the uh, oh, Nationals this that, year. That's that's right. That's right. That's right. Off gallivanting in Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, spring break. Lucky you. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would have much rather been in Arkansas. Trust me. Uh, but I hey, I had fun anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pitt. I thought Pitt looked pretty good. Um, on, on Thursday, Maryville, I thought was the best looking team. They just were, uh, on, on Thursday's games, they were just very workman. Like John Carroll had no chance. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, um, uh, you know what? Ohio also looked surprisingly, excuse me, surprisingly, Ohio looked very good too. And the Michigan Dearborn in the Arizona game was, it was a good game. It was a tight game. Um, one to one, I think it was. Um, and then Dearborn got a goal and Arizona, Arizona just could not buy a goal. And that's kind of been their Achilles heel all season though, right? Yeah. Yeah. A buddy of mine who likes Arizona, <laughs> he now lives in Ohio. He's, uh, you know, the wizard all hat. No cape. He, he basically said, you know, whenever it looks like Arizona scores, it's by accident. Yeah. You know, it's not nothing intentional. So, um. They lost to Dearborn, uh, two to one. Ohio took care. Ohio moved on. Maryville moved on, and Pitt moved on. And then, uh, so Pitt had the pleasure of playing Nevada, Las Vegas on uh, on on the Friday morning. Yeah, here's your here's your prize, right? Here's your prize. Yeah, and I'm telling you what, Nevada, Las Vegas just jumped right out of the gun and took care of Pitt. Uh, the final score is five to two. Nevada, Las Vegas looked really, really good. Yeah, they they had a monstrous third period there, four goals in the third. Yeah, yeah. And they uh and they just their speed was just overwhelming to Pitt. On oh, Pitt, yeah. Well, and, and UNLV yeah. they took care of things on the power play, right? They went two for two, so that's Yeah. That's that's key right there. I mean Pitt pushed him, don't get me wrong, and there was a chance that you know, one of the one of the podcasters, uh, bloggers, whatever, he's from Nevada, Las Vegas and you know, basically is their cheerleader. And he was there, and he just thought it was going to be a, a, a blowout of a game. And I was like, well, Pitt's pretty good. Pitt, you know, Pitt's yeah. going to push him. And Pitt pushed yeah. him, until, like I said, until the very end. And, that, and hey, Pitt was, Pitt was ranked up there all season, right? So, I mean, Pitt nothing, did, to, yep. nothing Pitt, to slouch about. Pitt did okay. Pitt did okay. Uh, but Vegas, I'm telling you what, their speed was just something to behold. Their... Um, uh, now they were prone to taking prone to taking some penalties, uh, and that came to get them a little bit later on. But um, their speed was just insane, uh, which which I I wasn't expecting to. I knew that they were good. I knew they were very good. I did not know they were as fast as they were. Yeah, to to prove what they did, right? Yeah, yeah. Then uh, hey, in the next game, Maryville, the winner from Thursday, they got to play uh, Iowa State, and that was a nice tight game, a three to two yeah, it game. Was. 
that was a that was a really really good game. Probably one of the better. Well, I mean, we had two really good games. Uh, they were both there in the middle of the day. Um, uh, Iowa State beats Maryville three to two. And if my memory serves right, it was a third period goal that uh, got Maryville. Yep. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because what is two to one? Yeah, I'm looking at it here. Two to one after the first. Two two after two. Yeah. And then they and then they got him in the third. Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of late in the third cuz you could kind of sense the uh the air going out of the Maryville bubble once that happened. Yeah, and, and we know like Iowa State they're they're workmen, right? They uh they're just going to sit and grind on you and work at you and and catch you. And they struck and got Maryville, right? They did. They did. Now, hey, hey, speaking of striking and getting. Ugh. The next game was the was the game was the shocker Ugh. of shockers. Yeah, ugh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> You're Ohio Bobcats, Andrew. Oh. Winners of beating Niagara the day before uh, surprised the heck out of everybody and beat Minot number two, Minot State. How about on, that? On yeah, with a three to two score. How about that? I think everybody was in shock. That I totally thought Minot was going to make a run at this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because their style, their style of play works at nationals, right? It's they grind and they work and nothing flashy, and they stop everything up in the middle in the neutral zone, and yeah, it works. But not this year. Not this year, it didn't. I mean, Ohio jumped out on them, and uh, I'm I'm going to pull up the uh, I'm going to pull up the things right now. But it's they jumped on them early, and it was like a a shocker. Yeah, they got two minutes in. They had a the first goal, and then yeah. uh, twelve minutes later, they got him again. Uh huh. And it was just like, holy smokes, is this is, is this happening? Yeah. And then right? they scored. Minot scored to make it like a two to one game, and you're like, oh okay. Yeah. You know, okay, we're gonna, you know, here we go. Yeah, here comes here comes Minot. Yeah. Then not so much. Yeah. Then not so much. Then uh, then then Ohio gets a, another goal to make it three to two, and. Kind of in the middle of the third, uh, you know, Minot uh, uh, made it close again, but they just could not buy themselves a goal. In Ohio, no. to, to Ohio's credit, I mean, they were big and uh, they were fast, and boy, oh boy, I mean, they yeah, just they took it to Minot. Yeah, number seventeen for Ohio, Nick Serretta, two goals. So I mean, hey, he was he was clutching this one. It was that I think everybody after that was just like, holy smokes. <laughs> what is what has just happened here? Now, now I'll tell you here, Lou, we need to circle back to this one. Okay. So when we're all said and done, Andrew, remind me to circle back to this Ohio Minot game because it has begat some chatter about something that we need to talk about. Mm. Uh, and then the, Hey, the final game. So there we go. Nevada, Las Vegas takes care of Pitt, I, Iowa state, uh, one goal win over Maryville, uh, Ohio shocks the world and takes care of number two, Minot. And then the, uh, the presumptive favorite Lindenwood comes out and plays, uh, Michigan Dearborn and Lindenwood beats, uh, Dearborn three to nothing. Yeah. Scoreless after one. So that's a little surprising, right? Scoreless after one. Now shots were like. A thousand to ten, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in favor yeah. of Lindenwood. The the star of that game was the Michigan Dearborn goaltender. His last name was Pickles. Um, Greatest name at nationals, right there. <laughs> well, one of them. We had a couple of really good names. Um, there was a kid uh, who his last name was uh, Volcano. 
<laughs> and you know, I, was, I thought, okay, you know, he's half Vulcan and half lava. I kind of like that. He's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a badass name right there. I like it. And then we had a, another one. Oh God, I'm trying to remember this. Uh, um, oh, so we had pickles, and we oh bombardier. Bomb, yeah. I mean, come on, from UCO, that that kid, uh, that just yeah. sounds, you know, like death that, is approaching. That's a that's a hockey name right there. There's a hockey name. So, anyways, Lindenwood but, takes but care of the goalie. That's the best. <laughs> pick, pick, and Pickles played his tail off, <laughs> and he gave Dearborn a fighting chance. Now, you know, I you know they they had to. It, it was Lindenwood is very big and very fast and very talented. Yeah. And I'm telling you what, the ice was tilted all against Dearborn and in favor of Lindenwood for 60 minutes. And Pickles was under, I don't know how many, what the shots on goal were. Uh, they said 32-18 was the final. Okay. Uh, unof- that's that's the official shots on goal. Unofficially, it was probably 132 to maybe 20 uh, because uh, Lindenwood was firing from all angles. And yeah, now, just let her rip. And, and Dearborn was just parking the bus and blocking as much as they possibly could. Uh, Lindenwood, obviously, you know, sometimes they missed, uh, missed the net, and so we didn't have a shot on goal. But holy tamales. That the, the star of that game was not anybody on Lindenwood's team. It was the Pickles goaltender because he just... He 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 kept it from being uh, just a total wipeout. Huh? Yeah. Because I mean, even at three nothing, I mean, Dearborn, you miss the net, and Dearborn gets a chance going the other direction, and you make it three to one, two to one. Yeah, Dearborn had that, some chances too. I mean, they. Yeah, I mean that's that's pucker time right there. If you're Lindenwood, right? That's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, it's. Uh, Anyway, so so on on Friday, the day when one, two, three, and four, uh, you know, make their first appearance and basically kick the tail out of everybody on Monday, two did not get the men the uh, the the memo. Yeah, Lindawood, Iowa State, Nevada, Las Vegas moved on, as did number fifteen Ohio. So and then uh, so Saturday, uh, Saturday was when all the heavyweight fights started. Um, because that's, uh, those were some really good games. Um, we had Liberty playing Illinois. We had central Oklahoma and Indiana tech. We had Adrian and Missouri state. And then we had Stony Brook and Jamestown. Now, two of those games, uh, were, were, you know, knockouts in the first period. And two of those games were just, just knockdown drag outs, knockdown drag outs, just <laughs> yeah. great, great, great games. The uh, Liberty Illinois game, Liberty uh, just smoked Illinois seven yeah, to one. Yeah, five five to one after two. I mean, it wasn't close. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that thing was over before it got started. Illinois was just happy to be there, and it was uh, it was it was pretty sad. Now Liberty was ramped up. Trust me. I mean, they were fired up. They were ready to rock and roll. They have their blonde hair again. They no no no. They uh-huh. they've they've gotten out of that phase. They don't uh-huh. dye their hair blonde anymore. Thank God. But uh, I'm telling you what, Illinois was, it, they, they showed up. I think that's about the best, best that you can say. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, uh, kind of disappointing. Um, Adrian, let's talk about the other disappointing game. <laughs> oh, okay. Adrian smoked Missouri State. Yes, they did. 14 to nothing. <laughs> it was three to nothing in like the first five minutes of the game, Andrew. Oh. And it was just excruciating. 
and uh, it, it was excruciating to watch. I'm sure it had to be excruciating to play in and coach. I felt for Coach Law and for Coach Cook and for the Missouri State fans. Missouri State traveled very, very, very well. Um, they brought in a bunch of uh, fans that made the drive up from uh, Springfield, and a bunch of alumni were there uh, that live really? in the St. Louis area. Oh, yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And, you know, I think we all had a lot of great anticipation um, for this game because a couple of years ago in Frisco, they these guys played just one hell of a game. Yeah, it was tight. It was a nail-biter. Yeah, I mean, it was a one-to-nothing game, I think it was. Uh, it decided in the last two or three minutes of the game down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it forever, that that was the game of the of the tournament right there, right? And, and last year at Maryville, Missouri State played Ohio in the game of the tournament. It was, a, you know, a similar thing, a one-goal game. Ohio scores late, like with a minute or something to go. And, you know, Missouri State's known for playing in classics. This was a classic. This was a classic. But for all the wrong there. reasons. For all the wrong reasons. Yes. Oh, boy. I... You know, I about I about fell out of the fishing boat when I when I saw that come across my uh, Twitter feed. What was going on? Yeah. You know, I, I about dropped my phone off the boat, and then I had to, almost had to jump in to get it. You know, <laughs> I was like, "Holy guacamole! What is going on up there?" Yeah, yeah. It was it was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, it got to the point where Adrian didn't even celebrate after scoring. Oh, uh, you know, especially in the third period. I mean, it, yeah. it got to the point where, um, you know, who Andy stores, he does the, uh, he's the great announcer for the ACHA, the public address announcer. He handles all the yeah. music, and the national anthems. It got to the point where he didn't blow the horn after somebody scored. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like, please God, let the clock run. Yeah. Let it go. Let oh it go. boy. Yeah. 40, 40 shots on goal, 14 goals. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 11, 11 to nothing after two. I mean, that's ugly. I had the uh, opportunity to see um, uh, the Missouri State coaches after the uh, game down in the tunnel, uh, right before they were getting ready to talk to their uh, really good, uh, the beat reporter that covers them, uh, Stephen Terrell. And, uh, I mean, they were just shell-shocked. You, oh. could, you could just tell. They were just shell-shocked. Yeah, like what in God's name just happened? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure we'll find out in the days to uh, days and years and weeks and months and who knows whatever else to come. Uh, you know the the story behind the story, what happened. But uh, you know, I, I got to figure Adrian was uh, primed and ready to go. They'd been kind of disrespected with a number seven seed. Yeah, and, well, and they and they'd kind of been stumbling around there at the end, right? Well, too? sure, they so, lost in their conference playoffs. Yeah, they they were kind of stumbling there, and woof, they did not stumble on that one. That's for sure. There was no stumbling whatsoever. Oh, excuse me. No stumbling whatsoever there. I mean, they just, wow. I mean, the the two touchdowns. Um, <laughs> anyways, we probably talked about it more than the Missouri State folks want us to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, they're probably like, would you guys move on? <laughs> <laughs> the, hey, the nice thing is, afterwards, um, <laughs> afterwards, I had the, the pleasure of running into some of the uh, hierarchy, if you will. Listener, yeah. how about this? I ran into Stan Melton. Um, the founder of Missouri State Hockey, listener number fifteen, he says, and oh, damn boy. proud of it. <laughs> that, that's how he introduced himself. He was great. And Kurt Bussin was there too, and Ryan Armstrong and his lovely uh, his lovely girlfriend was there. Um, it was, yeah. The result was not on the ice was not what they wanted, but um, they were all in fairly good spirits and. Um, you know, I mean, they just understood that, hey, this is kind of what happens. Um, yep. They couldn't explain yeah. it, but uh, it was, 
you know, they, they weren't, you know, going out and fighting or anything like that. So it was, uh, anyways, wow. 14, nothing. That's, yeah, that, that was well, the eye opener. Hey, my not, my not losing was the eye opener of day two. And, uh, uh Missouri state just getting smoked was the eye yeah. opener. I think of day three. Yeah, That's, I didn't, I didn't expect it. I didn't see that coming for sure. No, neither did I. Neither did I. Now, hey, the other two games were uh, good, uh, nice, tight yep. games. Yes, they were. Central Oklahoma and Indiana Tech played to a one-to-one tie after re- in, uh, after 60 minutes of play. And then um, uh, like a minute and 18 or a minute 22 into, uh, in, into overtime, uh, number 22, I believe it was Frazier McMahon, comes down and scores the winning goal to take Central Oklahoma uh, onto the uh, onto the next day and put Indiana yeah. Tech out of their misery. How about that? They jumped out right off right off the start of the third to score the goal in the shorthand. Yeah, and then nothing after that till OT. Crazy. I mean, it was a, it was, that was a very 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 good game. It was, a, and, we, and we and we kind of had that one marked as being kind of one to watch too, right? Yep. Yep. I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Because um, Indiana Tech isn't necessarily a laydown. They play in a pretty decent little conference. And uh, Frank DeCristofaro is a uh, he's he's a good coach, but I'm telling you what Central came out and they were just uh, you know they were they were they were flying, but you can kind of tell too that it was they were trying to they were trying to find themselves. Yep. And uh, it wasn't until you know later in the game when they were you could you could see that it was coming it was coming it was just a matter of time and. It was a it was a odd man rush, uh, and then uh, coming down on the uh, on the right side, uh, Fraser McMahon took a sweet little pass and popped it past the Indiana Tech goaltender, and everybody from the administrative point of view was like, "Woohoo! All right, we're not going to uh, we're not going to you know be thrown way off schedule, yeah, uh, because this this overtime got over within uh, in just a couple of minutes, so that was very very good, very oh, yeah. very good." How about that? Central Oklahoma did well. And then, hey, in the nightcap, Stony Brook uh, took care of Jamestown. Again, another good game. 3-2 to two was the final there. Um, that looked as if it was, uh, for a while there, as if nobody wanted to score. And yeah. then, uh, and then you know, Jamestown just didn't have the horses. Yeah, that's kind of, we, you know, we kind of worried about that going into this, right? That where they going to have the, where they going to have the manpower to pull something off here, right? Yep, yep. Yep. And they showed us what they had. So there we go. So there's, uh, hey, there's there's first three days, and uh, it sets up a, a semi quarterfinal Sunday. Andrew, before we go on much further, let's let me hit some buttons here. Oh. Um, yeah, and then we'll talk about quarterfinals, semifinals, and the national championship game, and get us out of here. Oh, oh boy! And then we we'll, we got we'll we'll be quick. Trust me. I know yeah, I, I know I talk a lot, but we'll be quick. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. See, I told you I'd be quick. That's all we wanted to hit. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, let's go Sunday. Hey, we had a rematch, UNLV, Sunday morning uh, against Liberty. These teams have played three times already. Ugh. What was a knockdown drag out? Yeah, and this thing was this thing looked like it was going to get ugly right from the start. The teams didn't like each other; they were chirping one another in in warmups. And like I think it was seven seconds, maybe eleven seconds. I forget. Just seconds into the game, uh, number eleven for UNLV. I think his last name is Flanders. 
uh, got a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. He was he was talking somebody's ear off, and the referees would have nothing of it. Six seconds in. There you go. Puts Liberty on the power play, and Liberty can't score, and instead UNLV just comes right back and scores <laughs> and sets the tone. I mean, just UNLV did everything wrong to start that game in terms of they were too hyped up, they were too emotional, they tried to be too Billy Badass, you know, and yeah. And this kid, like, took a penalty six seconds in and just gave, gifted Liberty a, a power play on fresh ice. And I'm telling you what, Liberty just had no answer for UNLV. That's good. That's good. Yeah. 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 Zach, yeah Wixon, good. Zach Wixon was, was just, uh, he was great in net. And um, uh, UNLV's speed just don't, Liberty was big, but they could not match UNLV's speed. And yeah. UNLV... If I remember right, help me out. I think twenty one scored a couple of times. Demizio. Yep. I yep. mean, he, he's he scored a shorty. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, UNLV yes. just took it to Liberty. It's the final score was four to two, but it wasn't even that close. That wasn't that close. No. Yeah. No. Well, that's yeah, good to quieten down the fighting fall wells. So. <laughs> You know, somebody mentioned that to me that, that we called them the Fighting Fallwells once, and I thought, <laughs> I don't remember that, but that that really works out well. I like that. <laughs> we got the Fighting Zombos, we got the Fighting Fallwells. I mean, hey. and, we, and the Fighting Fairmans. The Fighting Fairmans were up next. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was. It's almost like we know what we're doing here. <laughs> almost. We're not hockey guys. Maybe we yeah. might be podcast guys, but we're not hockey guys. <laughs> hey, Iowa State, the Fighting Fairmans taking on Central Oklahoma in, in, at the 115 game, Andrew. Oh. This game did not get over until 7.30, 7.40. This game went hey. to five overtimes. Hey, I was, again on Sunday, I was sitting on the fishing boat when this game started. I got off the fishing boat, went home, showered, got cleaned up, went to dinner, and made it back home before this game was finished. I was like, oh, my Lord. I this- was like... What are you guys doing? This this I'm, I'm, it's, this was crazy. Now, before, remember, Central Oklahoma already played an overtime game uh, the day before against Indiana Tech. And Adrian yep. Adrian was dressed and ready to go, and they had to wait, right? Uh, had to wait, uh, what, I think a minute, or a minute and a half, two minutes, and Central took yeah. care of Indiana Tech. So Adrian plays in the next game. Adrian's dressed, ready to go. Same with, with Ohio. And everyone's in the tunnel just waiting. And this game does not end. Just going and going and going. It goes and goes. And they played five overtimes. And um, now I'll tell you, um, in the third, I think it was the third overtime. I'm trying to think of third over. Yeah, it was the third overtime. Iowa State thought they scored right off of the uh, opening draw. Really? Yeah. And, and the only reason I know that, I'm just trying to think of how how games, uh, how, you know, how the teams are aligned because they switch ends for the first overtime, they switch ends for the third overtime, they switched ends for the fifth overtime. And so um, uh, I would say thought they scored, they thought they um, had put the puck over the shoulder of Ben Kelch, the UCO goaltender, and then it hit the netting on the top of the uh, the top of the goal, and then yeah. it would, and then fired back out, fired right back out, and it we nobody heard a ping, nobody heard anything, right? Um, but 
you know, it, to, to the naked eye, to my eye, it didn't look like it went in. Now, I was sitting next to a Hall of Fame coach who used to coach at Iowa State, and he thought it went in. Now, the ACHA has, um, at least for men's Division One, we have instant replay capabilities. And at this facility, at the Centene Ice Center, they had, uh, we had one camera station on the, on the red line right at center ice uh, up on the concourse. And there were two overhead cameras that had a, just a perfect view. If you think of like the Brett Hull scoring a a goal in the Stanley Cup uh, up in Buffalo, it was this perfect overhead view. So, and it was just crisp and it was awesome. We could, you know, if, if there was something that happened around the net, this, these cameras, these overhead cameras could get it. However, Andrew, it was all dependent on one monkey sitting up there to hit a button. And he didn't hit the button. And if he, when he hits the button, it records, it holds the 15 seconds before he hit the button and it records the next 15 seconds. So it, it'll, that's, that's how the, that's how the instant replay works, right? This guy didn't hit the button. <laughs> so Iowa State, you know, during the next stoppage in play, the puck comes, the puck goes, and I mean, it goes for a while. Uh, I'm not going to say too long, but you know, another 30, 40 seconds. Finally, we get a stoppage. Iowa State calls timeout, and uh, not a timeout, but they call the referees over and they say, hey, go look at that. We think we scored. And the, now, to his credit, there was one referee that was right on the goal line, and as soon as, as soon as the puck was shot, um, and you know everyone thought it was in the net, and I shouldn't say everyone. As soon as people, some people thought it was in the net, he was right on the goal line waving it off. It was no, yeah. there was no hesitation whatsoever. He had a clear shot, a clear view of it, and he waved it off. And that, uh, and that speaks volumes right there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's a four-man system, so the guy was right. He was positioned right. These were uh, officials from the, the USA Hockey Developmental Program. Um, so uh, I mean, they know what they're doing. Anyways, they skate over to the uh, to the scorers table to look at their video replay, and the poor kid, the poor monkey, um, did not uh, <laughs> hit the button, and so there was no replay to be seen. The only thing oh. that they could see was, you know, what's on there right now, right? What's live broadcasting oh. right now? So both referees had to skate over at different separate <laughs> times before puck, before play resumed to uh to advise uh coach Fairman that there was nothing to review <laughs> how'd you like to be those guys <laughs> oh how'd you like to be that monkey that was kind of uh, asleep at the wheel huh Oh man! Jeez. And so, hey. Anyways, long story short, uh, UCO survived that. Uh, that I mean, it, you know, things kind of puckered up there. Oh, um, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, they played another overtime, and then they went to the fifth overtime. And I forget how long it was. It wasn't too long into that fifth yeah, overtime. Forty forty three seconds in, the puck squirts out from the uh, from the boards uh, on the along the left side of the uh, from the near side of the boards. And it goes right to the most deadly guy on UCO's team, Vitaly Mikhailov. Yeah, the last guy you want having that opportunity. And he just roofs it right over the the Iowa State goaltender. And there was a sense of elation and a sense of relief all at once that this game that we thought would never end finally ended. Finally ended. Five overtimes, the longest game in ACHA Nationals history close to the longest game in college hockey history. I think the only longest game that we had here before was, uh, 
it's like the Central State League's playoffs had uh, Illinois and Ohio or Illinois and Lindenwood play like almost five or six overtimes. Ugh. Yeah, I know. And it went to like midnight. Ugh. Maybe it was seven overtimes. I'm thinking that's what it was. Anyways, long, eight, whatever. This one was long. So, you know, as from the administrator's point of view, you're just wanting everything. You want great games, but you also want games decided in regulation so that we stick to our schedule. Yep. Yeah, our schedule was blown out of the water. <laughs> yes, it was. Because we didn't start the next game until uh, the next game was supposed to start at 4.45, and the the third, the fourth game of the day was supposed to start at 8 o'clock. We didn't start the third game of the day until after 8 p.m. <laughs> the, uh, the fourth game did not get going until 10-something. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was just brutal. It was to the point, Andrew, where we actually – and I say we, the ACHA actually looked into the possibility of getting onto another rink and really? playing that, that, um, playing the, uh, playing one of those two games simultaneously on the other rink wow. so that we could huh. kind of, so that we wouldn't have to be there all night. Catch up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I can just say that, uh, uh, one of those, uh, one of the coaches, it, we were looking at putting the Lindenwood Stony Brook game on another rink. At eight o'clock, or not at eight o'clock, but around eight thirty, um, but that it would uh, so you know so that it wouldn't have to go, so those guys wouldn't have to stick around and wait forever. Yep. And one of the coaches objected. So oh, imagine that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll let you decide which one it was, and it's uh. probably it's probably not the one you thought it was. But anyways, um, so UCO um, UCO takes uh, wins in five overtimes. Just an epic, epic, epic game. Adrian take in the next game, they've been sitting around, literally sitting around. They were, <laughs> I mean, Andrew, yeah. can you imagine wait? They had to wait already. You're already dressed and oh, you're ready to go for warmups. Yeah. I mean, do you sit, do you take your, do you take your stuff off? Do you, do you leave your stuff on so you don't get cold? I mean, what are you, what are you doing there? Right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you get into your rhythm, you get into your game, you, you get into your, your game time prep and same thing for Ohio. Um, and they had to wait, like four hours from to, to for their game, well, and if you're me, you get hungry in that time frame, right? Oh yeah, like, you do. Like, do you eat something? Do you not eat? Like, oh, do you go to the concourse and start getting hot dogs like I would do? I mean, <laughs> I mean what you, what's going on here? It was crazy. And then I'm telling you what, um, that game, uh, the 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 uh, Adrian Ohio game, it started off kind of funky. Um, here, I'm, I'm going to try to get to it because if I remember right, Ohio scored first yep. and got on the board and everyone was like, whoa, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. And then it was, uh, like 12 seconds later, Adrian scores yeah. and ties the game. And you're like, Oh, you know, there, yeah, never mind. Yeah. There, there goes all that momentum just out the window. And it was, uh, from then on, Adrian was just pounding and pounding and pounding away on uh, on poor little uh poor little ohio and adrian scored maybe i'm maybe i've got this wrong maybe i've got this wrong here oh yeah, oh, oh no no i i ha- i do have it wrong i do have yeah, it wrong ohio scored ohio scored late in the third no that's what it was ohio's ohio scored late in the third that's exactly what it was they came out and they just pounded um adrian just came out and was it was 6 to nothing after 2 
Yep. And then, yeah, then Ohio got one, and Adrian made it 7-1. to one. And, yeah, this game, two games, Adrian scores 21 goals. How about that? Oh, oh. Is that going to be a theme for nationals? <laughs> it, it could be. It could be. Uh, I hope not, but it could be. And then, uh, then the next game that got started at the uh, almost at midnight, uh, Lindenwood comes out and takes care of Stony Brook six to nothing. Again, that game not anywhere near as close as um, yeah, as, as the score sounds. No, yeah. it was all lopsided. Now the only reason why Stony Brook had as many chances as they did was because Lindenwood took some dumb penalties and gave Stony Brook some power play chances. But uh, the game was not close. Stony Brook never threatened. Lindemann was in total command from the jump. So uh, that leaves a quarterfinal, semifinals of uh, UNLV against Central Oklahoma, a WCHL matchup. Yeah, a little friendly fire there. Yep, and then uh, Lindawood taking on Adrian. So uh, three teams that have won the national championship and one that's trying to in, in Nevada, Las Vegas. And I'm um, telling you what, uh, the first game of the day. Here's here's another interesting tidbit. Usually, uh, you know, we reseed on on the semifinal day. Yeah. And usually, the number one seed takes the early game because that affords them more rest. Yep. Um, they they gave the uh, but because you know of that five overtime game and because Lindenwood yeah. game finished Lindenwood's game. I walked out of the rink that night at one fifteen in the morning. Oh. Um, so because of that, they, uh, you know, they basically gave Lindenwood the, the option. Do you want to go early or do you want to go late? And it's, it's six and one half dozen of the other, in my opinion, because if you go early, that means you get more rest. If you win, you get more rest for the championship game. If you go late, you get more rest for that semifinal game, but you don't get as much rest for the championship game. Uh, they, you know, uh, um, uh, the commissioner, Brian Moran, uh, you know, understanding the, um, you know, circumstances, the just extraordinary circumstances of a five overtime game and getting over it, you know, a crazy ass hour in the middle of the night, um, went down and talked with, uh, the coaches and Lindawood, uh, elected to play in the late game. So uh-huh. That put, you know, UCO is probably wanting to go late for sure, right? You would think. You would think, right? Because they just done five overtimes, but uh, yeah, and they, you know, that would they would be playing less than twenty four hours later. Now UNLV didn't really care, right? I'm yeah. sure they didn't really care. Simply, they, their game was over and done and dusted by one o'clock, and they didn't care if they played at four in the afternoon or I mean at five in the afternoon or at eight in the afternoon. Uh, but, uh, anyways, uh, UNLV and central were the first game on semifinal Monday and Lindenwood Adrian was the last game and Andrew, uh, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll tell you this. I sat up in a, in a room after the, uh, after the semifinals, actually it was during the Lindenwood Stony Brook game when Linden, when Lindenwood was smoking Stony Brook. And so we already knew who the four were, Adrian Lindenwood, central Oklahoma and Lindenville, Las Vegas. And an un a a an anonymous ACHA person was in there with me, and basically said, "Adrian has a chance of taking out Lindenwood. UNLV, when their speed, they have a chance against Lindenwood. UCO has no chance against any of the three. Really? Yep. And so they they predicted it was going to be a Lindenwood, UNLV, Adrian." UCO, but they thought the championship game was going to be the Lindenwood Adrian game. Uh, 
Really? Uh-huh. So wow. how about that? Wow. Crazy, crazy. And again, that person, his name, he he'll, I just, I don't want to, I'm not trying to throw bombs or anything. It's just, uh, anyways, I, I thought it I thought it was uh, interesting because Central Oklahoma and UNLV had already played twice in the season, and Central Oklahoma beat them both times. Yeah. Once yeah. it was a one-goal game, and once it wasn't. It was a pretty healthy, uh, like a 7-3, yeah, 7-4 like, game. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a couple couple goals there. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, Vegas and uh, Central come out in, uh, uh, you know, they played. That was a, It was just a great game of hockey, and um, I kind of expected UNLV to come out and – um, try to uh, do what they did against Liberty. Try to, you know, body up and, uh, you know, intimidate and talk and, you know, try to get UCO off their game. And it just uh, didn't work out that way. Um, didn't work out that way at all. Uh, Central jumps out to a quick uh, one to nothing. Yep. Uh, they scored with, uh, geez, it was... Um, like... 43 seconds left in the first it was it was late and it late, was late. yeah late 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 in the first and it was just deflating now to unlv's credit they came like right back out at the snap of the <laughs> yeah. second intermission yeah, and, 36 seconds in yeah and they scored almost immediately to tie it up and you're like woohoo we got a, ourselves a ball game yeah and then unlv scores again um on a uh it was kind of a breakaway type of a thing it was uh it was an unlikely score i think it was uh a kid named Butosov or... Yeah, 41, Michael Butus- Butusov or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a couple of goals um, on, during the weekend. And uh, so anyways, UNLV goes into the third period with a 2-1 to one lead, and uh, Central Oklahoma just uh, finds a way to get it done. Uh, tied the game up, and then I think they scored a, a power play goal too late to they shock did. everybody to, to take that 3-2. to two, And then they scored an empty netter. Uh, yeah, to they, make had a, it a f- they had a monstrous third period there. Yeah, and um, you know, credit to uh, credit to the Broncos for showing a whole lot of character and uh, coming through. And um, I don't know if 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 it was a UNLV was just um, a little tired. Um, you know, it, it seemed as if Central had their uh, was able to counter that speed. Yep. Um, and they, yeah, and they play a physical style, right? So I mean, yeah, you can. You can play speed all you want, but if you're running into bodies, it kind of stops that and plugs it up, right? Yeah, and Central did something that some other teams uh, uh, tried uh, didn't do. Z- Zach Wixon is UNLV's uh, superstar goaltender. He's excellent. Um, he's he's. I mean, he's an excellent goaltender. Guys were trying to just blast pucks right through him. The ki- kid doesn't have many holes. And uh, Central Oklahoma uh, had some had success with him when they uh, moved him side to side. Yeah, going side to side, getting moving lateral. Yeah, and and that's where they found success, um, and that's especially on the power play goal there, and late in the third, to to get it. He was, if I remember right, he was off on the far right post, and the puck just kind of squeaked by at the top of the crease, and a, a you know an opportunistic UCO kid was there and. Pucked it away. I forget who it was. Sam Sykes. I forget it was. Uh, who's who is it? Yeah, um, Sam Sykes, number twelve. No, 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 no. Was it? Was it him? Was yeah, it him or Golden him or Spencer Golden, eighty nine? Yeah, I forget. One of those two kids got that. Got that uh, game. The, what turned out to be the game winner, but the power play goal in the third period. Yeah, so that would have been uh, Sam Sykes, number 12. Okay, yeah. okay. And then, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, I mean, it was a hell of a game. It was a great game. And then, um, uh, yeah, so so Central Oklahoma wins, um, and they move on to the championship game. 
And uh, then then here's here's where the 12 seconds was. Adrian, defending national champion, playing in Lindenwood. Adrian scores first. I mean, yeah. and, and honest to God, you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. We got yeah, an upset like, in the making. Sure, yeah, like surely this isn't going to happen, right? 12 seconds later, Lindenwood just comes right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so much. Not so much, says Nene. Yeah. 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 And then uh and then yeah. Linda would just poured it on. Yeah, they were up what three to one after two. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't I mean it was just Yeah, they no. scored pretty quick in the third to make it four to one and yeah, just kind of salted it away. Yep, yep. And then uh, so that leads us to a championship game. The place is going nutty. Um and, uh, let let's let's dial it back really quick. Um in that central Oklahoma Nevada Las Vegas game, number nine, Donald Alchin for Central Oklahoma got he got a uh, a major penalty. I think it was for boarding, and he got a disqualification. Really? Um, yep. So he could not play in the championship game, which uh, I'm not going to say it was a difference, but obviously, I think they would have much rather have had nine in the lineup than not in the lineup. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, long story short, Central Oklahoma and Lindenwood playing for the national championship on Tuesday night. Lindenwood has packed the place out. They're offering. The St. Louis Blues alumni have bought tickets for the Lindenwood students to show up for free. Really? Oh, yeah. Their mascot is there, the Leo the Lion. I mean, uh, the place was, I'm not going to say it was a mausoleum, but it was a typical <laughs> ACHA Nationals event. Friends, family, girlfriends, boyfriends, yeah, you know. Kind that, of, yeah. Kind of, a, kind of a quiet crowd. Kind of a quiet crowd. Missouri State brought a good crowd. UCO brought a good crowd. Lindenwood had a decent crowd. Maryville, surprisingly, I did not think had a. You, I thought they would have had a better crowd, but they didn't. Um, UNLV brought some brought some folks. Iowa State brought some folks, but otherwise, it was just your typical nationals, right? Yep, yep. Until the final night, and the place was just <laughs> jammed for Lindenwood. Really? And, yeah, and it was. Uh, anyway, say the final score was eight to three. Lindenwood beat Central Oklahoma, um, but it was really the, the tale of a third period. The game was three to two. Um, after two periods and I, and I'll just, this is just me. I'm, this is a poor recap cause I'm going backwards. I feel like, uh, a, a writer I used to make fun of from Tulsa, a guy named Glenn Hibden, uh, cause he would write these game recaps from back to front and I would, <laughs> yeah. so I would call him knob hib because he, he <laughs> spelled his name backwards. Um, but Lindawood jumps out to a two to nothing, uh, 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 lead early in the first and you're like, Oh boy, here we go. You know, yeah, here we go. This, yeah. And to central Oklahoma's credit, they came back and tied the game up. Yes, they did. It was tied at two after one. Yeah, and then uh, Lindenwood gets the uh, the lone goal in the second period, and you're like, man, we've got ourselves one hell of a game yeah, coming up. here we go. UCO has a chance. And then Lindenwood just came out and took care of business, scored five goals in the uh, third period, and yeah, uh, the game was over. I think I think the big thing for me and we've and we've always talked about it with Lindenwood. Don't give them the special teams chances, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They go four of six on the power play, and you know if you take that away, it's a four to three ball game. You know, and that's so the power play was the difference on this one. It was, uh, yeah, it was the difference. In uh, anyways, the Fighting Zombos win their fourth national championship. Yeah, at home. Let's put an asterisk next to this one. Well, you know, let's. Uh, hey, speaking of transitions, let's go to that because we had some predictions beforehand, um, and uh, two of the five predictors uh, predicted Lindenwood. Now, Cliff Cook, the Missouri State head coach, had Missouri State winning the championship game. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah, that didn't work out so well. Um, he had Missouri State beating UCO, so he got one of the two in there. That's right. Um. 
And then, uh, let's see, uh, Niall Cooper from Arizona State had UCO beating Adrian in the championship game. Again, he had Ooh. one of the two in there. One of the two, yeah. Uh, Matt Bowling from Oklahoma, um, he had Lindenwood versus Minot, and he had yeah. Minot winning it all. Ah. So he, again, had one of the two. Then we come down to Andrew Major Kurth and Scott Strandy from the um, uh, Great West College Hockey Podcast, or what I call the ABC PDQ. <laughs> Who knows their podcast? It's a, it's a bunch of alphabets. Um, it's the good guys. Ice Time Hockey Southwest is the name of their podcast. Um, he had Lindenwood beating UNLV in overtime. In fact, he said it was going to be three overtimes. Lindenwood was going to be oh, UNLV. Geez. Yeah. Now, you had Lindenwood had, beating Minot. Minot, yep. And, but you said, let's put an asterisk. Not a true championship because Lindenwood's playing with a hybrid roster. Yep, not a true one. So, you know, I think Scott let his UNLV um, uh, bias or not bias, what do you call it? Their their recency factor. If You know, he's, he's very close. He, and he's yeah. one of his buddies is a UNLV cheerleader. So, um, I think he let that affect him a little bit. But... Um, he had Lindenwood in there, and then you had Lindenwood in there. Yeah, I mean, I think we all pretty much saw the writing on the wall on this one, right? It's yeah, something something special is going to have to happen to to knock Lindenwood out of it. But you know, when you're playing with a hybrid roster, I mean, we talk a lot about how the ACHA Division One to NCAA D three, there's not that big of a gap there. But I think we can all agree that from ACHA D one to NCAA D one, that there's pretty decent little talent gap there right oh yeah there is and if you're playing with a hybrid roster and you've got these kids that are that are on that scope and that radar of ncaa d1 and you pile 10 or 11 on a roster yeah you're gonna have you're gonna have more success than you're not is is the easy way to put it right the the yeah yeah they had the um they (laughs) Lindawood already has a bunch of talented players. There's no doubt about it. Um, when you think, when I think of Lindawood, I think of, um, especially now, I think of the Ryan Finnegans. I think of Hayden Ursulak, um, guys who are very, very. Uh, they're small. They're fast. They're shifty. Yep. Shifty, um, but they're ACHA players. They had some. Lindawood had some gigantic guys. They had this one kid. His last name was Augie. He was number thirteen. It was A U G H E. He was just monstrous. Really? And, oh, yeah. Long, tall, long. These guys must have all, they must all be like bean poles out of pads and stuff. But, um, you know, they could skate like the wind. They had long reaches and um, they, were co- they, were, they were just in constant movement. Um, the MVP of the national tournament was number eight uh, from Lindawood. His name was Kyle Jeffers. I believe Kyle scored um, three or four goals. I know he had. I think he had, he had two goals on he the had two in the championship. Yeah, I was going to say I think he had two goals in the title game, and I know he had a couple of goals uh, before then. But they he just has that Lindawood team had um, the 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 NCAA or the kids that are came there to play NCAA hockey are um, they're just a bigger a different breed. They were you yep. could tell they were taller, they were leaner, they were more. They were more hockey aware. They weren't yep. club hockey players, and and I'm not saying that to to run them down or anything. I mean they were a, a damn good team. 
Yep. And their goaltender. Usually, uh, you know, I'm not one to uh, laud Lindenwood's goaltending. I, I tend to think that Lindenwood is more offensive focused and, yep. you know, they, they stretch you out and, and, and go all the time, right? Uh, that's right. They put the pressure, they're kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs, if you will, in that they, they focus on all offense. And because if they're on offense, that means you're on defense, you're not on offense, you can't score. And, um, uh, and, you know, some of their goaltending in the, in years past, I think has been suspect, but, uh, their goaltender they have now, he's a freshman from Eagle river, Alaska. I forget the kid's name, but he was Burnham's really, his last name. he was great. He was yeah, Trent, Trent Burnham. There you go. He was really, really good. Um, and so they've, they've got a really good team and to no one's surprise, um, apparently we're, we're, we're recording this on, uh, March the 23rd, supposedly tomorrow on March the 24th, an announcement is coming out that Lindawood will be going, uh, they're going to announce that they're going in to play NCAA division one hockey starting next season. Um, that was, I guess that started to leak, um, officially nationally today. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you on Saturday of the nationals event is when the tide turned there because, Andrew, on Thursday, Friday, I was talking to some folks, and it was bleak. And it was like, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Kids are upset. Kids are talking about leaving. Um, I mean, there was some talk of some other folks leaving. Um, the Lindenwood program, if you know they didn't, if this didn't happen. And then, honest to God, apparently on Friday, Friday morning, the um, – president of Lindawood University. I don't know if uh, if he had a light bulb moment or what, but um, <laughs> he, f- he fired the athletic director. Really? And that day, things turned around. And uh, with the athletic director gone, and, and who knows why, I don't want to speculate, um, but it, it was obvious, or it's obvious now, that with the athletic director, um, he was the, uh, the, the log jam, if you will. Huh. And so now that the uh, athletic director was out of the way, it just became a uh, um, a done deal, a, a fait accompli, if you will, that um, uh, that Lindawood was going to go Division One. In fact, I I had the opportunity to talk to uh, both Coach Zombo and uh, his assistant Mark Abney, uh, and um, uh, you know Mark just confirmed that it was you know it was going to happen. Uh, huh. So very, it, and, very and nice. like things. Things changed on a dime. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. Now, in, in according to according to uh, Coach Abney, um, they're going to uh, they're still going to play have an ACHA Division One team. Um, so they'll play NCAA hockey. They'll play ACHA Division One, and they'll also have an ACHA supposedly Division Two team. Nice. Don't know how that's going to work out, but um, you know, because we have a little event that in, coming in January, I wanted to make sure that. Um, that that was still going to happen, um, or that, that Lindawood had committed to, right? Yep. Um, and uh, and so he 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 confirmed to me that Lindawood had committed to that. And we could talk about that. Uh, that that we'll just tease that a little bit later on. But uh, anyways, I figured if they were going to NCAA, they didn't want to come down to Oklahoma to play some uh, in some podunk little shootout type of a thing. Yeah. And he yeah. said, "Nope, we're all in." Oh, very good. Very good. So. So yeah, it's uh, put the asterisks up there if you want. But uh, Linda Wood is your national champion. Kyle Jeffers is your MVP, and uh, the Centene Community Ice Center is uh, is is done. Is at least for men's Division One. So, what are we? Uh, 
what are we uh, circling back here on? Uh, oh, oh hey, here, here we go. Here, hey, before before we get before we circle back, let's let's just mention the uh, championships for the other divisions. Men's Division okay. Two um, was the University of Mary. They were the defending national champions. They beat Florida Gulf Coast in overtime. How about those guys? Do you see the video of them? Yeah, back that a police escort. Isn't it? Well, hey, there's nothing nothing else to do in Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, that's great, though. They're joining my B conference in uh, in not this upcoming season, but the following season. That is fantastic. They gave those guys a police escort into town. How awesome! Now, what, uh, Andrew? Really quick, what do you think? White pants, no white pants. Are you favor white hockey pants or no white hockey pants? Oh no, no. No, yeah, same here. No, same here. I, I just we're gonna have to talk about that. Maybe Division One can outlaw white hockey pants. <laughs> yeah, put a put an asterisk in the uh, rule book or something. <laughs> Men's Division Three, Hope College, uh, beat uh, University of Michigan to win their championship. Uh, women's Division One, Liberty University beat Midland University to win their fourth straight Women's Division One uh, national they've, championship. They've piled them up out there. Yeah, they have. And then uh, Women's Division Two, Assiniboine Community College out of Brandon, um, uh, Alberta, I think it is. Or maybe it's Brandon, Saskatchewan. I don't know. Out of uh, Brandon, wherever Brandon. Brandon is. It's the Brandon Wheat Kings. There you go. I think it's Saskatchewan. Man- Man- it's Manitoba. Manitoba. Thank you. Um, so there you go. The Assiniboine Community College. I forget who they beat, but they won. So, and they, they were they were the defending national champions. So, good for Assiniboine. All right, let's circle back. Um, so remember on day two that number two Minot State got uh, eliminated. Yep. Guess who is now circulating a, a suggestion amongst the coaches that Men's Division One change the format of their national championship tournament from one and done to pool play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you think of that uh-huh yeah i think you can stick that in your pipe and smoke it is what i think i'm telling you what i i think and, and i i get it i mean there's a part of me that um I, I i get it you don't want to spend an awful lot of money to go and play one game right yeah but that's the whole rub of nationals it is you get to bring your a game bring your best that's right if you want to play pool play that's what we have Division Two for. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to do that? Go to go to another division. Go play Division Two or Division Three. Go do do something. But we have the, 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 this tournament. Now, granted, we had some stinker games. Fourteen to nothing. Yeah. Right. Seven seven to ones. Yeah. Seven there was to some stinker. Seven to one. Four to nothing. That Maryville John Carroll game. John Carroll shouldn't have been there. I mean, I think that's that, that's a whole other thing. I think that John Carroll. Um, that that was proof that that giving the uh, your auto bid to the conference playoff winner is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, because you, you want someone there who will represent as opposed to just you know show up. Um, but uh, yeah, Minot Minot didn't have any problem with the uh, conference with the playoff with the uh, championship format for the past oh, what four or five years. Yeah, where they've won two out of the past three or four, right? Two, yeah, the, and, and they've gone to the championship game the other two. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, th- they haven't had any problem, but now all of a sudden they lose in the first round. And whoops, hey, we got to talk about changing it to pool play. <laughs> what a deal. Uh, I, I, kn- I know that their coaches uh texting around folks and uh, to, excuse me, two other coaches trying to uh, generate some support for this uh for this suggestion so and it's nothing we're having some annual meetings coming up soon down in florida 
Um, it won't be decided then. I'm sure it'll be talked about then, but it won't be decided because it's not on any agenda, nor will it be, at uh, least for this about, year. How about putting your big boy pants on and go play hockey, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Don't lose to the number 15 team in the nation. Yeah. You yeah. Put your, big, put your big boy pants on. Go play and don't expect a participation trophy just for showing up. <laughs> well, that's right. You know, I mean, it, it, I, I get his argument. Hey, we're spending an awful lot of money, and like next year, they're going to spend supposedly $40,000 to go to Boston because that's where Nationals is next year. It's in Marlboro, Massachusetts at the New England Sports Center. Um, but hey. uh, you know what? Better, uh, better be ready. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. Bring your best. Better be ready. And uh, quit, quit you your. Know I, I just. Arizona didn't, I mean, they, think about all the teams in the West, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, in years past, Oklahoma, Colorado, Colorado State, they go and they maybe win a game, they, or, or, or they lose in the first game and they go home. Nobody's complaining. That's just the way it is, right? Yep. Got to spend a boatload of money, uh, but that's why you budget for it and you take care of it and bring your best. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know, I've I've said that I'm not a big fan of nationals being in in Massachusetts. That you know, as the ACHA D1 grows and it and it grows to the west, you know, I've, we've talked about it. It needs to be more centrally located, like St. Louis, Chicago, you know, Cleveland. Those places, those are great locations, right? Because yep. it's easy for for both sides of the coin to get to, right? Yep. So I see the argument of, you know, we're going to spend $40,000 to potentially go play one game. But hey, when you sign up to play big boy hockey, that's just part of it, right? There you go. It's just part of it, you know? And Now, I will I will say in years past, we've had um we've had Nationals together in Columbus, we've had Nationals together in Frisco. This year we had Nationals uh in St. Louis. And this was, it was kind of cool at times. Uh, you know, I, I don't give a rip about the other divisions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going down to the lobby, it was, there was a whole bunch of activity out there. And you would see folks from Arkansas and, you know, the other Michigan teams. Western Michigan was always down there for some reason. Um, uh, it's, uh, it was kind of cool to see play people, um, uh, you know, from other teams and other divisions because we're all under the same roof in Columbus yeah. and Frisco. We're all under separate roofs. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, in this place, it was kind of cool to, you know, kind of have that festival feel. Um, and I know at the new England sports center, it's going to be even more compacted. Now I've heard that that's just a dingy, terrible rink. Um, yeah, yeah, so, some, some of the folks in the ACHA, at least at the men's division one are not excited at all about going there. I've heard you can get lost in the place very easily. <laughs> well, well, that that could just be from you know some of your Boston folks that are up there. Yeah. They can they yeah, can lose I, you really quick. Yeah, I've heard that you can get lost in there pretty quick. You can go through hallways and up and down stairs and end up on the back forty very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I had there was there was an official that I know who uh, who just called the place real dump and was not excited at all about having to spend a couple of days there next year. Yeah, but um, anyways, uh, but it was it, the cool thing was we're you know there was men's two and men's three folks and w- the women started showing up towards the end of the tournament and we're all in the same place and it was that was that was very cool I thought in St Louis and I thought they did a really good job 
So I thought the My Hockey TV folks uh, uh, did a did a pretty good job in terms of broadcasting. I know there was a couple of times. You know, I was running the ACHA Division One Twitter account, and so I was having fun being an idiot. <laughs> yeah. um, and you were having fun giving me grief. There was some. There was one complainer <laughs> out there. Um, did, you, did you ever figure out how to get that live scoring going or what? Oh yeah, come on, we got the live scoring going. But, yeah, we uh, did. Yeah, we did. Um, and it was it was going right from the jump, but I put it out there that it wasn't because we're trying to lower expectations. And this one idiot out there says, "Hey, you've had all year to start start uh, figuring it out, and you've already screwed it up before you even play." Um, <laughs> anyway, see that that whoever that person is, all they did was like to complain. They shut up after I pointed that out that all they did was bitch and moan. Yeah. Uh, but we, I thought Hockey TV did a great job. Um, there were. Three girls that were the cameramen for the uh, for for the hockey TV. Those girls could not have given less of a of a rip about hockey at all. <laughs> Honest to God, I mean, they were just they were holding. They were professional. They did their thing, but yep. they were just panning and scanning. They didn't care one iota what was going on. It could have been a bunch of circus monkeys out there on the ice. It could have been, and it could have been just a bunch of naked boys. It could have been a hot rod mountain uh, monster truck rally. Yeah, they, they didn't give they a didn't rip. Care. Yep, just I'm here for my money. There you go. And, but hey, to their credit, they were there, and they were they were very helpful. Um, you know, the usual suspects were there. Andy Stores, I've already mentioned him. The Andy Anthem, we call him. Uh, lovingly because he does the announcing and he, and he, and the music and he uh, does and he sings the, uh, and he sings the anthem, uh, <laughs> but he's, he's awesome. And he's awesome. Uh, Russ Slagle was there. He keeping everything, uh, you know, downstairs in the tunnel running like clockwork, getting rosters and making sure, you know, making sure the logistics, you know, the, the, make sure the cogs were, were, were still turning. We had uh, uh, Mono, Dan Monticelli, Dan Monticelli, I, I always say his name wrong, uh, but he was overseeing all the officials, and I'm telling you what, those officials, they love him. He's one of the boys. Yeah. Uh, the officials are, you know, 20, 30 years old. They're, you know, they're all young, and, you know, they think they've, they, they think they, they rule the universe, and, and they're good at what they do. They're very good at what they do, but he is, and Mono's got to be every bit of my age. Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of the boys, though. They love him. They <laughs> yeah. love him to death. Huh. Uh, those officials do. And, and Dan's Dan's just he's just great. I can't say enough good things. He's always he's very serious about his job, but he's does it in a very lighthearted way. Uh, Craig Barnett and uh, Paul Hebert were there. Craig Barnett, the ACHA executive director, um, and Paul Hebert. They were going around and uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, like the politicians that they are. Yeah. And uh, it's always good to see them. And uh, 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 Hebert had his son down, Luke, who's a senior in high school now. And uh, he's uh, he's probably going to go to an ACHA school in a couple of years, I think, or next year at Duquesne. Huh. So, yep. Moran, Brian Moran, the MC, uh, the M1 commish, he was there. He was his usual uh, jovial self. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Sitting on the far side of the rink from everybody else. It, it, was, it was kind of funny because uh, – we have a we have a setup, you know. The hockey TV folks were right smack dab in the middle, and they had all their broadcast junk and everything uh, there. And then there were two tables set up on either side of them. And Moran <laughs> had one. Moran and Mono were at one, and me and Al Murdoch from uh, the ACHA 
uh, or on the other table. And so uh, it was kind of funny. That's kind of the way it was for us. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good time. Everything was great. We had a, uh, it was good to be there. Good to see a whole lot of people and uh, met some, obviously met a lot of folks from uh, uh, from Missouri State, met a lot of folks from Central Oklahoma, a lot of folks from, uh, a couple of folks from uh, Diane, the, the trainer from Arizona. Um, it, was, it was melancholy. It was kind of bittersweet to see her because uh, while she's very lovely and uh, just a pleasant uh, pleasure to talk to, she let me know that she was, this was it. She was retiring. Going to retire, huh? Yeah. And so it's kind of bittersweet in that aspect because she's just been a mainstay of uh, Arizona Wildcats hockey. Yeah. Taking care of uh, those boys and even the opponents. She's, she's top notch. And uh, she said she's, you know, retiring and going off to do other things. Ah, good for her. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yep. And then it was I got to see, uh, like I said, got to see a lot of a lot of folks from uh, from UNLV, and um, it was that was pretty good. I tell you, UNLV brought a lot of folks, and they like to chant. They do this rebels. You hear this oh. chant throughout the throughout the whole arena, and its parents, their parents were on the other side doing rebels. Yeah, uh, it, it after at first you're like, what is going on? <laughs> and then, uh, and then when you catch on to what it is that they're saying, you know, yeah. it's, uh, but it was kind of, kind of wild, kind of wild. They, they, uh. they, they, they did good. I was pleased that we had four teams in. I wanted to get more, but, uh, four teams from the Western Collegiate League got in and, um, two of the four got to the semifinals. So it's not bad for a rink and ink little old conference. Nope. Nothing on at all. Even though they got a boob of a commissioner. So, uh. Anyways, had some people, how about this, Andrew, had some people that have nothing to do whatsoever with ACHA Men's Division One Hockey come up and say, hey, man, I like that podcast you guys do. It's kind of fun to listen to. Cool. Would you pay these people in the parking lot to come up when you're talking to your buddies and scared, say this or scared, what? It scared the bejesus out of me because I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, if you've pe- heard it, who pe- else has heard people it? People at Men's too are paying attention. People in other conferences are, oh, man, I might need to water this stuff down. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't call it that terrible Pittsburgh league anymore, can you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's here's the funny thing. Pittsburgh was staying at the hotel as we were, right? I met their coach downstairs. He's a great guy, um, uh, Stuart, um, Stu. And, um, and, and, uh, I'll be kicked in the shin for talking crap about his league. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, as a matter of fact, he, he wants to, you know, this little thing that we're doing in January of next year, um, yeah. get, he wants to do it the following season. And he's trying nice. to... He's trying to generate. He's trying to get the other people in his terrible Pittsburgh league to to, to uh, travel and come out to step up. And nice. so, uh, yeah. So no, he's he he was good, but yeah, he he. Uh, there were some other folks that mentioned they listened to the podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dial it back here a little bit. Nice, <laughs> nice. I won't be able to rag on anybody, but got to see uh, who from UCO. What Betsy Timken and. Yep. Uh, Tabitha uh, were just awesome. Lee Tyner was was always there, and it was always good to see him and his wife. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, so uh, I tell you, they UCO brought a loud contingent, and I got to meet Coach Rivera's uh, mom and dad, and um, they were uh, very very proud of, uh, of their boy. So that was uh, that was exciting. Uh, Mister and Mrs. Wixon uh, were were off to my right quite a bit uh, during the UNLV games, and uh, uh, very. Uh, Loud and uh, opinionated, um, <laughs> which was which was fun. Some some of the best stuff we you could hear from some of the parents. 
I'm telling you what, during the Liberty UNLV game, some of the Liberty parents just had no clue whatsoever what was going on. They thought really? their little angels could do no wrong. Yeah, let and, me tell you. Oh, and they were screaming at the referee. It's at 10.15 in the morning on Sunday, and they're screaming <laughs> like, at like, the referees. Down, Karen. How do you? Oh, exactly. And and, and uh, they were just saying the the dumbest things, and it, it it made me have fun. I had fun with it on Twitter. You know, all the off ice <laughs> officials in the stands, you know, all the all the off duty referees. You know, good to know that we had so many officials there that could jump in at a moment's notice in case something happened. Um, they know they didn't know anything about hockey, and especially playoff hockey. You know. This is this is the playoffs. I'm not going to say you got to draw blood to pull to pull a penalty, but come yeah, on, you're not going to get the easy stuff either. You're not going to get a cheapo. You're not going to get a cheapo. It, you're going to have to earn it, especially in overtime. Especially in overtime, you know, yeah. that, there were some Indiana Tech folks, especially and some Iowa State folks in that five overtime game that wanted some cheapo calls, and it just wasn't happening. So, anyways, on to Boston. On to Boston and. Uh, we can put put twenty one twenty two in the books. Yeah, let's put this thing to bed, right? Yeah. Hey, we had uh, our bracket contest winners. Um, would you imagine? Can you imagine this, Andrew? The top three bracket contest winners were an Adrian player, an Ohio <laughs> player, and an Oklahoma player. How about that? Can you believe my, it? My backup goaltender. I saw that come out on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. And I about fell out of my chair. Could not believe it. Could not believe it. So I'll have good to for, good I'll, for those guys. I'll have to dig into the prize closet. Oh hell, and uh, find some <laughs> find some swag for them, or find something for them. Hey, I tell you what, my my little backup goaltender that finished third in this thing could could be a better kid. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just a just a great kid. Always has a smile on his face. Just happy to be there. Huh. You know, just just wants to hang out with the boys and yeah, just do whatever. Well, it's uh, we had. I think there was over like 170 participants in the contest and uh after every team lost my our buddy uh the wizard would tweet out no oh, r.i.p to you know the 24 percent that had mine out winning at all <laughs> yeah r.i.p to the oh nobody had uh john carroll winning at all you know <laughs> yeah. something like that he was he was given and, and he's he was he gave me grief because i didn't put out you know the top three winners until oh, what a week later you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I kind of forgot about it, you know, I, and then I was like, winners. Oh, hey, yeah, we did that this year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I didn't forget about it, but I was taking my time, taking my uh -huh. time. Uh-huh, So I was uh, trying to recover from an exciting time in St. Louis. So, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Hey, I've you know what? And I'm going to use a word that I think is uh, appropriate. It was uh, someone called me this earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> A bloviating podcaster. <laughs> How about that? I, I've called you a lot of things in my time, and it's never been that. <laughs> <laughs> I, Andrew, I don't know if any if a word is more appropriate. Bloviating. <laughs> Holy, I mean that 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 could both be physically descriptive and just uh, you know from an auditory perspective, uh, d very descriptive as well. Bloviating. So why would your wife say that about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she wishes. She's asleep. Come on, leave me alone. Uh, what did you do to make her mad? Nah, I woke up. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Uh, I, I breathe. 
I think she's she's still trying to you know find the life insurance policy and just she checks it every now and then, huh? Yeah. How, how yeah. much do I get if you're not here? Yeah. What are you What are you worth today? Uh, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll wait a I'll wait another six months. I'll That's right. Again. When do we become fully vested? Huh? Yeah. When does it? When does When does the trouble part of this policy kick in? <laughs> oh. Anyways. All right, Andrew. Hey, let's uh, let's get out of here. We want to thank everyone for goofing around with me on Twitter um, on the ACHA men's. Hopefully, I didn't offend too many people. Um, eh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a lot of fun with uh, Van Halen and uh, shooting pucks at people. And uh, it's funny, you know. Every time a puck went out of play, I would say, "Oh no, they're trying to shoot it at so and so." Yeah, and like you know, one time Maryville had been eliminated and. Uh, the coaches, John Hogan and his staff were up at the top of the concourse above the players' benches and a puck went out of play and it, it might have hit a row or two below them. And I said, oh no, now they're shooting the puck at the Maryville coaching <laughs> yeah. staff. And honest, he came over at the next intermission and said, Chris, that puck came nowhere near me. And I said, I, said, I know that. And he goes, yeah. I've had five people already text me and ask me if I'm okay. <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, so, you know, every time a puck went in, into the Zam tunnel, I would say, hey, now they're shooting it at that dude. Uh, you know? And so we had fun yeah. with the Zam guy and with the music man. And he plays some terrible music. He played some really good music. So uh, yeah. I would yeah. give him a hard time about that. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Nationals was a good time. So, hey, let's get out of here, Andrew. Um, d- d- I've talked enough. I've bloviated more you than bloviated. Enough. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Man, what a what a great depiction. I mean, what a great way to end this thing. Yeah, really. Just <laughs> a bloviating podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we change the name of this thing to: the bloviating <laughs> cocky podcast. God, nothing more descriptive than that. <laughs> yeah, that hit the nail on the head. Oh what boy. A- what a way to cap this thing. That's great. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come back next week and we'll talk about the teams in the Western League and uh, kind of recap their seasons, if you will. Yep. And uh, not not in too much detail, but then we we'll go over kind of what they need to do to, to get better. Yep. Um, or to improve, or if they can improve. So, uh, But in the meantime, um, we just want to thank everyone for, uh, like I said, putting up with me on Twitter, on the ACHA Men's Division One Twitter account putting up with uh, us here on the podcast. Follow the podcast at WCHL Pod on Twitter. Follow the um, uh, Western CHL at westernchl.com or on Western CHL on Twitter. Andrew is on Twitter at Stickford AM, S-T-I-C-K-F-O-R-D-A-M. I'm on Twitter at CJP in OKLA. Andrew will have all the fun stuff. He puts a lot of (laughs) burps and farts and Beavis and Butthead and music stuff out there. All the, all the intellectual stuff. I put a lot of uh, like political and immigration and you know other junk like that. So um, mine, mine is nowhere near as exciting as Andrew's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, we appreciate everyone in hanging in there. This is a long podcast, but uh, hey, it was a long tournament. So uh, and I needed to bloviate. That's right. So uh, you know what, Andrew? Hold on. I'm, I got to make sure I'm going to hit the right button here. Oh, you, wouldn't it be just my, my luck to hit the wrong damn button? <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, I'm going to hit the button and get us out of here. All right. Hey, everybody, let's get out of here. It was great talking to you again. We'll catch you next week. Be safe. Be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs>